0: Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Hey, So we're here with Zaria L. Banks. She's an emotional intimacy writer using a pen name and soon to be an author. She focuses on vulnerability, healthy self-expression, and nurturing intimacy in long-term relationships in an effort to promote better communication, and prevent transgressions in relationships. Zaria, you're much needed in this world today. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, what what like when did this gift start? This gift of writing because everyone really can't write. There's an art to writing and you know, when when did it start? At what age? You know what? I've
1: been writing since a little girl. Since about nine, I would say. I was, um, I will always pick up, you know, the Babysitter's Club and mm. uh, Beverly Cleary books, Ramona and Beezus and, and little books. Yes, girl. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, well, where's the girl that looks like me? Where's the little brown face at? Where, you know, ah. where's the girl with the cornrows and the beads? You know, mm-hmm. I never saw that. So mm. I started writing my own series. It was called The Fly Girl. And I had it in my notebook with straight with illustrations, everything. And they were the coldest girls in the (laughs) place. And the guys would try to step to them. They didn't have no holler for them, except the main character had a love interest. And it was just a whole saga. And I started it. And from there, it was just, you know, just writing story after story that had a strong female lead that was an African-American woman.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow. And and how did you decide to okay, you know, the, the emotional part, the vulnerability part, was that from a life experience or is that from something you've seen growing up?
1: It was definitely from life experiences. I'm very, you know, candid
0: and open on my
1: website about how I've been through some stuff in my blogs. I talk about how I've been through some things. Um, A lot of it just stems from um, some insecurities that I had regarding, you know, just skinny, thin, and got teased a lot because I didn't look like everyone else. Um, And just, you know, just other insecurities that I had. So that fed into my relationships. So I always needed like that affirmation from the person I was dating that he, you know, thought that I was beautiful, thought that you know I was worthy, you know, of his love. Mm. And I didn't have, um, I didn't have the wherewithal to seek relationships with men that were prepared to give me the level of emotional intimacy that I needed. So even though they you know were with me they never told me oh wow you wearing that dress or wow you know I love it when you wear your hair like that so it felt like I didn't have that connection with them even though they were present it didn't feel like they were present and I didn't know how to express to them that I needed that affirmation so Mm -hmm. that was before you know I learned about the love languages and all of that so I didn't know how to express to them what my need was so in my adult years and as I, I got married, I said, you know what, I need to start really educating women on the importance of being with someone who um, who is affirming you and giving you everything that you need and not making you feel like you're needy if you want a compliment or two. Not making you feel like that. And you need to be vulnerable and be able to trust to be able to feel vulnerable enough with them to open up and tell them
0: what you need. I have a question. Um, and, and I want your advice. I want your, in, your insight on this. So I have a set of twins who are 17. One of them have a girlfriend. The other one doesn't. But I was writing my book, Life. And I was asking them a question about relationships. And you know what he said to me? Mm-hmm. I, the question was, where do you think men fall short at? Like older men who, you, you know, they have experience watching relationships, including mine. And the f- people in our family, and you know what he said? He doesn't think men reassure women good enough, especially when they do wrong things to them. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I didn't know how to take it. Like, and I actually mm-hmm. wrote down what he said. I don't have it in front of me now, but he basically was saying that when there's, a, um, he feels what makes a woman insecure is when something's wrong or, 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 or her mate does something wrong and it's just left up in the air. Or they Reassurance is basically what he's saying. He feel men should bring to the table more in a relationship. What do you think about that? I mean, he's 17, but wow, I just want to... That's what somebody said raising a
1: nice you
0: you you <laughs> you are raising
1: uh, an intense young man.
0: <laughs> he's you know what he's very intense, but I, I, I think maybe he got it from watching me, their father. Same thing, yeah, not yeah. you know, I, I could put on a new dress, my hair done, and I don't hear you look nice. But the thing that people don't realize, especially raising boys and raising girls, we are their first, we're That's their right. examples. That's so, right. You know, right. once once we split up, he's out the door, you know. My boy's just took it on themselves, I guess by watching the needs that they knew I needed. That's right. And they and I think it's great. You know, yeah. but when he said that, I just thought about bringing that up when I, you know, I, I know it. what you do.
1: I love it. You know, um so- sometimes people see things modeled in their home or in their life and they can go one of two directions either they say I ain't never doing that I never I'm gonna you know do the total opposite of what I saw because it rubbed me the wrong way and I hate it or they Mm -hmm. can say it rubbed me the wrong way and I hate it and I'm not gonna do it but then they end up right down that path doing the same thing Mm -hmm. um and so the awareness of it is, is key, but it's what you do with that awareness is what is really going to allow you to do what you need to do. Um, when it comes to the reassurance, I, I have to say that I agree wholeheartedly. We have to consistently and constantly date the people in our lives. As high, mm-hmm. I was just, me and my husband were just taking a walk earlier, um, like right before um, you caught. Oh. And um, we said, And we agree that you have to consistently show up in your relationship as hot and heavy as passionate as you did in the beginning. You know how it is in the beginning. You can't keep your hands off each other. You are holding hands, you're you you you're rubbing on each other. You, you, you wanna lay up under each other all the time. Just be around each other all the time because you're just, oh, I gotta get more, you know? Mm-hmm. And before you dig deep into who that person is as a person, you're really going off of the physical attraction. That's really what's pulling you in until you really get to know that person on a deeper mm-hmm. level. But mm-hmm. if you keep that desire and that hunger throughout your entire relationship for that person like oh how do i get to know like oh he he has this new hobby i think i want to learn more about the hobby because that's more mm-hmm. time i get to spend with, with him or exactly <laughs> right yes. so getting that keeping that knowledge and that hunger like oh uh uh-uh, uh he doing it i'm doing it and of course it's still very very healthy to have time apart i'm never going to ever encourage a woman to be up under her man 24/7 but if you find that he's saying, babe, why don't you come downstairs and watch the game with me? But you're not into football.
0: Come downstairs and watch the game. <laughs> come downstairs and watch the game, boo. Like, that's right. <laughs> Let him teach. You see, I would go down there and say, Well, can you teach me and explain to me what's going on? And every time he yeah. yells, I'm gonna jump up and yell too. <laughs> <laughs> we yelling. So you yes, have. It's, to, love. Yes. Yes. it's love. It's all yes. about love. And that that's something that I believe in some relationships, once you start to feel that dull, I want to, maybe I'll call it a null in a relationship. You have to spring into action. Maybe it's time for role playing. Yes, you did. Maybe, you know, you what it is, because guess what? If you feel it, he feel it. Mm Nobody saying nothing about it. And if you don't, it just makes you grow further and further apart. And you don't notice it at first because it's very incremental. It happens over
1: time but then you look up and you like dang it's a dang old huge Hello? you know ridge between us.
0: Can you hear me? Now I hear you. We were disconnected Uh-oh. for Uh-oh. a second. Um, Ladies and gentlemen please excuse that. I don't know what's going on with the podcast. Um what I'm using with anchor. So anyway, go back to when you said because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, so
1: what, what happens is, is you get this incremental like, you know, you like inching away from each other. It's, it's very subtle at first, but then you look up and you're like, Dang, how do we end up on two opposite ends of the spectrum where I don't even feel a connection to you anymore? You can't allow those incremental changes to impact your relationship I agree you can't you gotta step in before it gets to the point where you need therapy before it gets to the point where you feel like this is a stranger in your bed you can't allow that to happen
0: well let me ask you a question what happens if you you know you have kids and you're, you're tending to the kids and that actually happens how do you pull him back and if you can't what happens then what do you, you know what would be good you know what
1: i just wrote a blog about make him put his phone down and this mm. blog was about literally this is a very serious issue and it was a very serious issue in my marriage where my husband was always on the dang old phone he was always on the phone he had the phone at dinner he had the phone when we were watching tv And it wasn't even a situation where I thought it was another woman. I never, that never crossed my mind. He just loves Twitter. He loves staying up on the news. He loves CNN. And so he was always getting alerts and tapping on them and reading and reading articles. And I just felt so disconnected from him. I was like, why is this phone more important than me? How is that more important than quality time with me? And so I made it known that it was an issue and he kept saying he was going to oh I'm sorry babe I'm sorry I'm gonna put it down but it was almost like an addiction where he just could not put the phone down so Mm -hmm. I did some research and I found out that the average cell phone usage is 10 hours a day and that people (laughs) check their phone 96 times a day
0: that's like every 10 minutes But you know, your phone, your phone actually will tell you now, at least iPhones do, mine do, how much screen time
1: you yes, have during
0: the week. It does. And I, it does. You know, I look and say, uh-oh. Yeah, but what I-
1: happens if you have an addiction and it's like, okay, I know I got to stop, but what am I going to do? Like the social media alerts and the news and what's popping and what's happening? And I got FOMO because I'm a millennial and I don't like missing out <laughs> on stuff. <laughs> i'm a generation xer he's a little younger than me uh, so i always teach him about being a millennial but like i feel like technology and screens are costing us way more than we can afford to pay it's damaging our relationships it's causing depression so i had to address it and i had to sit him down it wasn't just a couple mentions it was like literally months after i had said something i sat him down this is a problem do we need to go see someone Do we need to go to therapy? (laughs) And it felt so silly because it's like, it's a phone. But I really felt like, do we need to bring a third party in? Because I don't like coming second to nothing, let alone the screen. And if whoever Mm. you're texting or whoever you DMing or whoever you, whatever website you're on, if that's before me, that's a problem. Uh Same thing with kids. He felt like you should fix my plate before the kids play. And I said, excuse me, sir.
0: Okay so, see <laughs> that? okay, so let's talk about that plate thing. Let's, let's I, talk about I, it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so I'll tell you that in one of my books, uh, it might be in broken pieces. I talked about put the cell phone down, especially at the table. And um, I had an experience uh, years ago. I remember calling my brother-in-law, right? And when his wife answered, she said, oh, he's eating right now. He'll get back to you. And I was, I didn't even understand, like, I can't talk. I had to wait. So she knew how to mm-hmm. shut mm-hmm. that down. It's dinner time. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And after I hung up, I meet, you know, I was married going dag. I just go, higgle go the phone. He be joining. Well, like, hello. Uh, you understand? So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do? But they were much older. You know what I mean? Mm. And I said, okay. But then now, like, you know, when I wrote the book, I I thought about how with the phone down, you can converse at the table. You can talk to your kids. You can find out what's going on. How are you? How was your day? And guess what? We see the example in so many movies we watch. When the family sit down, it's always weird. Always, where the conversations happen, even if somebody mm-hmm. get upset and slam, they fool down and walk away. They have no phones, <laughs> except right. you know. Today, you see the teens with the phones, but um, that's that's very interesting. But how did he adapt to that? Like, what was his first reaction to the put the phone down thing? You know
1: what? So before I get to that, I want to address something you <laughs> just hit on. It was so important. The oh. first thing you said was boundaries. Yeah. You talked about how his wife was setting the boundaries she said there will be no phone at the dinner table honey Mm -hmm. this is my time
0: Mm -hmm. and if somebody
1: calls i'm picking up the phone and i'm letting them know if you can't i will i'm letting them know they
0: need to call you back and he didn't even in the background nothing he didn't say (laughs) nothing in the background (laughs) he didn't didn't even no
1: (laughs) it's true that's number one number two is it's all about being present you have right. to be there you got to be present you have to be present like for example i would always be like okay yep boo time we got to sit on the couch we about to netflix and chill hang out yes mm-hmm. and i was like in my mind i'm like yeah we got our time man great but that wasn't time for me it was sitting and looking at a screen. We not. We might laugh together, or we might be like, "Oh, did you see that?" But it's not quality time. So what I had to end up was I had to let them know, "I need you to put the phone down, and I need let's do some Scrabble." You know, in my book, mm. in my book that's coming out in February, I talk about Scrabble being uh, uh kind of like an aphrodisiac because my main character was attracted to
0: intellectual man uh
1: stimulation and her
0: man Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
1: i am too and so i was Mm -hmm. like let's do some scrabble let me see them big words on the table baby put them on the (laughs) board. let's do it so i love stuff like that i love the connection i love the conversation let's go for a walk Mm -hmm. let's let's spend some time
0: let's let's talk. window shop and pretend let's window shop yes and
1: let's mm-hmm. make it till we make it let's go in the, in the <laughs> store look at some some red bottoms or some more bottles or whatever <laughs> yes. and so we can actually come in this boy and buy him yes. you know so for me that was that was how i had to connect with him like i said you know i feel like i'm second coming second to your phone and i know look i'm a jealous libra okay mm. i'm super jealous <laughs> I don't like splitting my time, I like balance. My scales gotta be balanced. So when I feel like you're not um, you're not paying attention to me and I would literally, what I think what did it for me was like, I would be having a, co- a conversation with him. I'd be talking. He was tuning me out <laughs> to what was on his screen. So then that's where it got personal for me to me. I feel like I, I'm an outsider and mm. when I made it that when I broke it down he said babe I would never want you to feel like that I'm so sorry look I'm gonna leave the phone in the office when we when we sit down in the kitchen it's gonna be all the way two rooms away and oh. he made that a habit and then you know every once in a while he'll slip up and he'll be like I'm sorry and they will put the you know he'll <laughs> put it down or he'll but it, it really works. You just, it's communication. It's me being vulnerable. Yes, I, I might sound a little crazy saying I'm jealous of your phone, but no, you if, I'm, if I'm able to be vulnerable and trust you enough to be vulnerable to tell you that's how I feel, I'm trusting you not to judge me when I'm telling you something that's real. Mm. And emotional intimacy gives you the ability to do that. I don't care about, you know, you judging me or how I'm going to see I'm telling you because I trust you to know that if I'm coming to you with this, it means something to me. And
0: nice. that's it. Do you believe that when you pick your mate, because, you know, even though you believe that two people pick each other, you yes. understand? And the reason why I say that is because you can see a man you want and don't matter. If you pick him and he don't pick you, it's not happening. Right. Um. But do you believe that um how they were brought up matters two parent household uh one parent household like if you're a two parent household and he comes from a one parent household mm-hmm. do you do you feel as though that that has an impact on your relationship a negative way or do you think it could be made a positive way you know what i mean like how could that does that impact your relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I definitely think it does. Um, so okay. back to the same point of if you if raise in a house with an alcoholic, uh-huh. you could either say, I ain't never taken a sip because I see what, it, what addiction has done and it may be in my genes or I might, you know, slip up and, and end up in that path. Or you can uh-huh. look up and be an alcoholic as soon as you turn 21 or before. All so right. if you see something happening in your household that you're not okay with, Mm -hmm. it's all about having that active choice to say "Mm -mm, i'm not doing it i'm not doing this right here this is not going to be for me and the second i do see myself going down that road Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get therapy i'm gonna get help for it because i don't want them to feel the way that i felt or i had to see my mother being treated Mm
0: -hmm. you know your
1: son was like i you know i noticed that dad wasn't giving the compliments and she was I saw the effort she put into how she looked and how she spent six hours at a salon because you know back in the day, day it was like that's how it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now it's like, look, you need to have me in and out ninety minutes. (laughs) I got something to do. (laughs) But I saw how she was in a salon for six hours. I saw that, and Dad ain't even giving her her props right now, and I'm not okay with that. So when I start dating, I'm gonna make sure that my Mm -hmm. woman, you know, gets. I'm gonna give her, her flowers while she's here. I'm gonna give her her flowers right now because I, I need her to know I appreciate her. So yes, how you're brought up matters. Um, I think that I know for me, particularly when it comes to my husband, you know, with him being brought up in a, in a single, with a single mom, I had mm-hmm. to really have compassion for him because some of the things that he was um, experiencing once we had children, like it was like for the first time. Like there was mm. no, oh, my dad showed me this, and my dad already talked to me about this. And so I'm gonna call him up. He, he wasn't there, so uh, I have to have compassion and show up for him in a supportive way. Where if he got it wrong, look, babe, I'm gonna pull you to the side and say, babe, look, I know that you, you know, didn't maybe didn't have that model, but you can't, you can't, or you can't, you know what I mean? Th- that's not the way you approach it. Or he's gonna need more from you. Was he receptive? You you gotta show him that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. You know, not being able to see how it's modeled, but then being open to say, you know what? If she says it's an issue, it's an issue. We gonna put that at the front. That's a that's a number one priority. That's how I, the minute he tell me anything, honey. Oh, uh, I see you wearing them um leggings for the second day in a row, honey. I'm going upstairs <laughs> and getting in the shower and the leggings gonna be in the hamper and I'm gonna be back in something cute because he he spoke it out and said, I see you wearing them leggings. Okay, mm-hmm, you tired of mm-hmm. seeing the leggings. Mm-hmm. I, all right. You tired <laughs> of seeing the leggings. Just like I'm like, oh, they might be time for a shave. I look up, he freshly shaved.
0: It's like those it's, subliminals. Those yeah. subliminals work. And
1: you they're know you can always, you know, it's it's not it's not always that easy, but I'm just saying if they're if they're vocalizing it, then pay attention.
0: Well you he's the one for you. You oh, feel yeah. that in your heart? Like it's not your soulmate. soulmate?
1: oh Mm -hmm.
0: yeah oh yeah definitely definitely i'll I'll give you the soulmate test right because i I watched my parents do this for years i always wanted to do it haven't met a man to do it with yet so uh he's coming they can they can finish yes he is they can (laughs) finish they can finish each other's sentence (laughs) and this was amazing to me i remember i would my mother be in the kitchen my father be in the bedroom I'll say something to my mother and she'll answer me and then I'll go say the same thing to him and he give me the same answer and I go <laughs> wait, you heard her? <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, heard who? So they really were in sync with each other. They were soulmates and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean because you can't do that and it's not your soulmate. Right. Because um, everybody have time to work at it. We're talking about two people who met at 16 years old and they're 75. Yes. Come on. That's... Yes. You, that is good. Yes. It, that's putting work in so, but but remember, that's that old school love. Mm-hmm. Today, it's reinvented love. I don't know what. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. It, it's just a different kind of love. It's we a different want- kind of love that they don't make no more. But we gotta bring it back, like a throwback.
1: Yes, we, we, gotta we do go retro on them. But you know what? Something that you said that really hit with me. Um, you had mentioned about they finish each other's sentences, but what about what about when they see something in you or something you need to do or something that they advocate for you when you can't?
0: Yes. What
1: about when you reach that level? Yes. What about when you are running yourself in the ground, you're tired as a dog, you keep pushing yourself because, you know, as a woman, you know, we laugh on the totem pole <laughs> every time.
0: Every time.
1: And he like, babe, I, I made a reservation at the massage, you know, parlor for you. And uh, go ahead, and just take the rest of the weekend or the rest of the evening off. I got the kids, or I, you know, I scheduled a couple's massage, or or. And you ain't even gotta open your mouth. They just know they're able to advocate for you and say, Mm-mm, "This stops here."
0: Mm-hmm. What you're not
1: gonna do is continue to run yourself in the ground. what you're not gonna do is continue to do that negative self-talk about my boo.
0: You know what? I,
1: I, I love you and you ain't gonna talk about you like that.
0: That's my that was my parents but I tell you this though we just need more men who know how to preserve their woman and the reason why I say that because as women when we love our men, we go in we go all in. at least I believe. women I hope I hope so but it's the preservation of each other too you know what I mean Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um,
1: absolutely
0: I know that you know we're, we're, we're winding down 27 minutes it'll be here but this is what I want to tell you I want to invite you to my YouTube channel to go live with me it'll be in the evening so we can really have that girl talk Yes, and I invite my audience and listeners to shine in, pop in, and Zaria. This has been a phenomenal interview, and thank, thank you, you so much for inter- interviewing with me on Let's Talk About It with Mohani Love. And never forget that I love you, Zaria.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was your outro, it's okay. girl. It was my outro, but I wanted to <laughs> you
0: say, okay, bye.
1: <laughs> and thank you for sharing your platform
0: with me. I appreciate you. I love
1: you, girl. <laughs> www.ZariaLBanks.com
0: <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy, love. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> bye.